the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. I always sing that song, and I I think about, it says, Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art. Now, you know your soul is your mind, will, and emotions, right? Now, how often is your mind, will, and emotions set to singing how great thou art? Now, don't be honest, because it might get depressing. But, you know, in reality, that is a discipline, isn't it? It's a discipline of faith to say how great thou art when the car doesn't start. How great thou art, you know, when the neighbors are keeping you up at night. How great thou art, you know, when you're not getting along with your spouse. How great thou art when your plan for life doesn't happen the way you think it ought to. That takes faith. Faith that says my God is greater than my circumstance. My God is greater than my emotions. My God is greater than what I'm going through right now. And you know, we don't have to see the spectacular. There's more glory in standing in truth when we can only see the hardships and the toil and the strife of this life. There's more glory in standing in truth in that moment than there is when everything is going well. Because in that moment, You are declaring by faith the truth of your God. That's where we need to live. That's why we need to practice the discipline of the soul. That's why we need to be determined in faith. Often in the day-to-day of living, we begin to lose the eternal perspective, don't we? We find ourselves living to the flesh or to the temporal. And this is especially true in the lives of those who are living a nominal relationship with the Lord. And they're not spending the time they ought to spend renewing their minds. They don't pursue the things of, that, the things of truth that affirm the truth in them. Again, that's an act of faith. Because the flesh isn't going to feel that way. But God says, pursue these things because these things... These things, the things of God, the scripture, the worship, all of these things renew your faith. They renew the truth in you. They don't make it any more true. They make you function in the truth of who you are. We must never lose sight of God's purpose for us as Christians. 
in this life. We must never lose sight of God's unique, intricate working in every moment of our lives. To God, there's not a single moment of your life that is mundane or meaningless. There's nothing about your life that is empty or without purpose. From birth to death of the body, every moment is attended by the will and power of God. You won't leave one second sooner than he takes you. Nothing will touch your life except it passes through him. You are the child of a sovereign God who didn't just plan your life for this earth, but planned your life for eternity. The things that are entering into your life are for eternal effect. They're not just the things that kind of push you this way and that way, kind of like a stiff breeze. This is God's plan. And it's not about Him manipulating us. It's not about Him controlling us. He is in control. What it's about is this. It's about the God who created you for himself, literally activating through his spirit and his purposes in you all that he made you for. It's about translating you from a temporal being to an eternal being. It's about you becoming more than just another body warming the face of the earth. Because you were made for so much more. And God sees you. As so much more. I can remember when Saber and I had our first child. And that's something many of you can relate to. Right? The intensity of focus that you place upon the precious infant. Every stirring. Every sound demands your attention. And when they open their eyes. You're mesmerized by their empty gaze. Desperate for them to recognize you. Right? You're not put off by their helplessness. You're not put off by their vulnerability, selfishness, or even their temper. You are not looking for perfection. What is going on is you're wanting them to know who you are and your unconditional love for that infant. You want them to understand their relationship to you. Isn't that right? Well, that is a very pale shadow of what God feels for you. It's a very pale shadow of your relationship with your heavenly father. Before him, we are even more needy than that newborn. And his heart is infinitely more attached to us. We need to recognize that God chose us before time. And our humanity was literally birthed on this earth at the perfect time. And then at the perfect time, we chose him and we were birthed into Christ. And we began to participate in the process of growing and expanding into all that God created us to be as children of God. We became aware of eternity and that we are now a part of eternity through Christ and are held in place by the will and power of God alone, not by our own. You're looking at me saying, I thought we were going to start Titus today. Well, we are. Listen, child of God, I want you to understand that time is short. The window to enter into the fullness of the unique, intimate work of God by faith is closing. Yes, it is a unique and intimate work, and it's only for this life. The time is short. 
We walk this earth only for a short time, and for the most part, many of us are so distracted by the delights and the pains of our humanity that we don't see the glory of knowing Him by faith. We're here to participate in the plan of God in a unique way that allows us to choose His will, to own His plan, to live by faith. And listen, that is a gift. It's a blessing. A blessing of far greater worth than the endless praise of the heavenly host. Have you thought of that? But it's true. Today we're going to begin Titus. And we will begin with what is Paul's salutation. It's an introduction of sorts. And we'll be looking at the first four verses of Titus. If you'll stand with me, we'll read together from God's word. Titus chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Paul, a bondservant of God and an apostle, special messenger, personally chosen representative of Jesus Christ for the faith of God's chosen ones and to lead and encourage them to recognize and pursue the knowledge of truth which leads to godliness based on the hope and divine guarantee of eternal life. The life which God, who is ever truthful and without deceit, promised before the ages of time began, and at the appointed time has made known his word and revealed it as his message through preaching, which was entrusted to me according to the command of God our Savior. To Titus, my true child in a common faith, grace and peace, inner calm and spiritual well-being from God the Father And Christ Jesus, our Savior. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. Now we just finished Timothy. Paul's letters to Timothy. Timothy 1 and Timothy 2. And that was about sound doctrine. And Titus is a little different. Titus is about living to the truth of what we profess to believe. Now the subject of this book is the truth according to godliness. Titus was a Gentile. He was a Greek who was one of Paul's companions and delegates. He went with Paul to Jerusalem to discuss the Gentiles' relationship to the law. He was also placed in charge of the collection among the predominantly Gentile churches, specifically the Corinthians, to bring relief to the famine-stricken in Jerusalem or the Jews. And when Paul wrote this letter, Titus was on the island of Crete. Now, the letter was written by Paul between his two Roman imprisonments. And we have no record of Paul having been in Crete prior to his first imprisonment, or of Paul wintering in Nicopolis, which was his desire. It seems that after Paul was freed from the charges brought against him by the Jews of Jerusalem, He continued in his missionary endeavors and went to Crete with Titus and left him there to continue the work. And Titus, by all accounts, seems to be a competent businessman and someone empowered to disciple and discipline churches. He was a strong personality who was empowered by God. He preached the word of God with clarity and power. And Paul writes in 2 Corinthians that he was comforted by the coming of Titus. And that speaks of a confidence that Paul had in Titus. Paul was confident that Titus would yield to the work of God 
and Titus was not afraid to be obedient. And you, you know, and we went through that whole section in Second Corinthians where Paul was was overcome to some degree in the soul with anxiety and worry, and then the relief he expresses upon finding Titus and seeing Titus. And you know, I, it kind of reminds me we've all been through that sort of thing. We miss somebody badly, and then we see them. But what I think about is that sense of having lost somebody and then finding them. You know, that desperation you feel inside and then suddenly you catch a glimpse of them and it's like, oh, there they are. Well, Titus was someone that Paul had confidence in and was much like Paul in character. Paul could rely on him to follow through on whatever he was told to do. Paul mentions him repeatedly in his letters to the Galatians and in Corinthians. It is likely that Paul sent this letter to Titus via Zenos and Apollos in order to assist uh, him in his work in Crete. Crete was one of the largest islands by the Mediterranean Sea. It is south of the Aegean Sea. and Paul had visited it briefly on his voyage to Rome. He later returned there to minister and left Titus to continue the work in the same way that he left, we read that he left Timothy in Ephesus to continue the work in the Ephesian church. The Cretans were believed to be related to the Philistines. They were daring sailors and famous bowmen, but with very bad moral reputation. In Paul's day, many Jews lived there. And they were pretty primitive people as a whole and were known to be volatile and uncivilized. So you can see this was not going to be a cakewalk for Titus. This was not going to be an easy job because he was there to order the fellowships or churches in Crete. Now, as we read earlier, Paul begins with an introduction that states who he is and his appointment by God as an apostle. He also embeds in this simple beginning his purpose as an apostle, a purpose that was given and is empowered by God himself. And this is often passed over with very little exposition, but because in reality it speaks to who we are as a church and what God has purposed in this ministry, we're going to talk about it a little more in depth in these verses. I want to begin by reading to you a translation offered by the scholar William Barclay. He writes, This is a letter from Paul, the slave of God, the envoy of Jesus Christ, whose task it is to awaken faith in God's chosen people and to equip them with a fuller knowledge of that truth, which enables man to live a really religious life, I would put godly life, or live in godliness, and whose whole work is founded on the hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time. In his, good, in his own good time, God set forth his message plain for all to see in the proclamation which I have been entrusted by royal command of God our Savior. This letter is to Titus. True son in the faith, the faith they both shared. Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from Christ Jesus our Savior. You can see in there a progression. 
beginning with the awakening of faith and salvation and moving forward to a fuller knowledge. A fuller knowledge that is part of the Christian expansion and growth that is that each Christian should be going through. It's why we're here. It's part of what Christ determined and what God determined to bring us into in order for this purpose. He would give it all to us in heaven. But what he decided was, in this purpose, in the things that come against us, the things that provoke faith, our own weaknesses, our failures, the failures of others, the sins, all of those things, our own incompetence, our our inability to be all that we want to be, those things that provoke us to faith, to trust in a God that's bigger than we are. And we trust in him by faith, and we receive the truth of who we are in Christ, and we become born again, literally rebirthed in Christ. And now we have to learn, as an infant would learn, to be human, to function in humanity. We have to learn, as a Christian, to function in Christianity, which is not just doctrine. It's not just religious belief. It is literally a relationship. It is literally how we're wired to live. We're becoming acquainted, as it were, with our hands, with our feet, with our relationship with Him, recognizing as a branch on the vine that all that we are is produced by our union with Christ through His Spirit. So, The hands and feet that I operated in my humanity now are to be yielded to the Spirit of God so that they can have a higher spiritual purpose, as is my mind, will, and emotions. And God desires that for each of us. He placed us here to grow in that. But it's bigger than that. Because why would God cause us to endure this? Well, I know the popular line for most evangelical churches is for evangelism. As though God needed us to lead everyone to the Lord. That's not the critical part. In fact, in fact, it is only part of what God's purpose is in this. God desired to give us life that we might have that life. Not this life, but that life in abundance to the full. Now, how are you going to have that unless you learn to live in it? Unless you learn to walk in it? And there's the rub. Because it is absolutely in opposition to the way you used to function according to the flesh. According to the flesh, everything I knew of me, I learned out here from watching People from learning from my parents, from learning from, from my teachers and co-workers and friends and people I loved and people I hated. That's how I learned who I was. I learned from the strengths that I could execute well in the judgment of myself and those around me. That's how I learned who I was. But then here comes Christ and he makes me new. And he says, guess what? That's over. That's completely over. You're no longer struggling in that because I have made you complete. I have given you everything that you need. The only problem with it, Todd, 
is in order for you to know these things other than just having them in your knowledge, in order for you to know them experientially, you must know them by faith. You must walk where you know not. You must reach for what isn't there in your eyes. You must hear what others cannot hear, and see what others cannot see. You must live this life in such a way that you recognize that the context of true life is spiritual, not physical. God wants you in this life to know Him by faith in a way that you won't know Him in heaven. He wants you to grow and learn in walking with Him and Allowing his life to, to literally be active through you. So that you know, not just by vision. You're in heaven, you see the glory of God, and wow, it's there. But in this place, God himself places his spirit upon you. And you, by faith, go forward, and you touch a life. And you minister to a life. And you reach out, and you allow God himself to work in union with you. To touch a life, and heal a life, and minister to a life. And it is not you alone witnessing it. It is you and him together activating his power in the life of those things around you. Now, you can't know better than that. That's not knowledge. So you're going to know love differently. I'm going to reach out and love what I humanly cannot love. Well, how am I going to do that? Well, I'm not going to do that in my own strength. I can't do that in my humanity. I have got to trust in the life that is in union with me to express His character, which is love, out of me. And I may not feel it. And I may not think it. But I'm going to stand in greater faith if my whole of my soul is against truth. I will stand in greater faith by declaring it is. I love you. And I will love you. And I'll walk in the truth of God's love towards you. Now I know love. The activity of the God of love joining his life with mine. And loving someone else. That's how I know it. You see, this is not, faith is not just something we do in order for God to be able to reveal himself to us. Faith is literally the way we live this life. And it's more than that. We're going to talk a little further as we go through the verse. This powerfully, this Salutation powerfully sets forth what God purposed for every child of God upon the earth. In this, Paul clearly names the mission of God to awaken faith in God's chosen ones. And then equip them by means of that faith. That also, that's also what we're about here at his life. That's what we're about. Verse 1 says, Paul, a bondservant of God, an apostle, special messenger, personally chosen representative of Jesus Christ, for the faith of God's chosen ones, and to lead and encourage them to recognize and pursue the knowledge of the truth which leads to godliness. 
So Paul refers to him in the, in the very beginning of this. He refers to himself as a doulos. And that's a slave. And it is the most servile word used in the Greek to describe a slave. It is a slave who has completely surrendered to the will and authority of another. And Paul refers to himself as a slave of God. It's a humble title that means that his life was not his own. It didn't mean that he had no will of his own, but that his will was one with the will of God. Now listen, that is faith as well. Because you, you're told through the enemy's voice, it sounds like yours, what your will is. You're told through the enemy's voice, it sounds like yours, what your desires are. You're told by this world what is best for you. And all, and all of that is walking and living according to humanity when you embrace it. But God says, my will is best for you. Well, what's the problem with it? I don't know what his will is. Well... Some preachers will tell you, you should know what his will is. Well, yeah, in the fundamentals of truth. I know it's his will that I love one another. I know it's his will that I stand in truth, that I read his word. Those things, I know what his will is. But in the day-to-day of living life, in the things that, that are actually going to come into my life, like whether I go to school or whether I take the job or whether or not I'm going to recover from an illness or whether... I should reach out to this person or not. All of those things, I don't know. The functionality of life, I don't necessarily know. I'm like Abraham. I have to go and I know not. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.